Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is David O'Malley, Manager of Aftermarket and Agribusiness Financial Solutions with John Deere Financial. Welcome to the show, David. Good morning. So today we're excited to have David on the show to discuss the latest economic trends and how that's going to impact growers' interest rates and growers' purchasing power in the year to come. So let's get started. So David, as we get started here, I wondered if you just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Good morning. Yeah, David O'Malley from Madison, Wisconsin here today. A little bit about my background. I grew up in Southeast Kansas, so I, I grew up in kind of the rural agricultural setting, actually family owned and operated John Deere dealerships down in that part of the country. But I've been with John Deere Financial for over 25 years within the financial services space. So I have quite a bit of experience around lending financial products and services for ag producers. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So today I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the financial side of the business as it relates to seed and crop protection, all the things that come with it. And certainly it seems like in agriculture we're undergoing a a pretty significant shift in finances and in, in the market space. So wondered if you'd kind of give us an overview of, of how that's changed over the last year or two, particularly with respect to interest rates. Yes, um, we've been spoiled, uh, quite frankly, over the last 10 years or so with low interest rates. And really over the last 18 months, really since the, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we've seen a dramatic shift in, in interest rates that really impact the in-use customers. And our, and our consumers at the retail level. So, you know, really, if you take a step back just over the last 18 months, our prime rate, which is a kind of a key key uh, index for us when we're borrowing on the retail market, was at 3.25% in March of 2022. That prime interest rate today, as we sit, is at 8.5% um, here in, uh, I guess we're in November. So this is a result of the Federal Reserve's aggressive efforts to combine to combat inflation, which has was you know on a tear there for a while, it's since come down. We can talk about that in a little bit around the, the inflation print here this morning. So you know we were at a peak at a four-year high of 9.1 percent inflation in June of 2023. So significant increases in, in in primary interest rates as a result of historically high inflation. Really, that peaked in June of 2023. And if you take a look back, there was 11 interest rates hikes since by the Federal Reserve since March of 2020, um, really bringing it to its highest levels in 22 years. So that really leads to more expensive borrowing costs for um, ag producers, and it really has a significant impact on, on, on their businesses. So, yeah, and, and I think definitely want to talk about what that means for the grower. I guess you mentioned this has really 
kind of taken place over the last 18 months or so, wondering, you know, what are the converging factors here that are causing this increase? Are we talking about global issues? Are we talking about, you know, issues here at home? What are some of the the, the factors that are leading to this this change? Right. Well, I think you could, it really, I think something everybody can connect to would be, you know, the pandemic and and, and, and during COVID, I mean, the world was impacted by that. I think probably everybody understands a little bit of economics 101, supply and demand. So, you know, the whole world shut down really caused significant impact on supply chains and disruptions there. So there was less product, less goods and services in the market flowing. So when you have less in the market and you still have the same demand, prices will go up. And that's exactly what happened really across the globe even well, you know, well beyond the U.S. here. So high inflation is really the key global driver that which led to as well as strong economic growth. So those two things are kind of work against each other. When you have high inflation and you have strong economic growth, there's a point in which she can't tolerate that. So the, the Federal Reserve and global economies need to combat inflation yeah, and, and I think inflation is something that, you know, most everybody can relate to, whether you're, you know, a consumer of any kind. So that's obviously the most outwardly visible symptom. Are there any other, I guess I'm curious, how this change in the prime rate and, and associated interest rates ultimately impacts a grower's, you know, purchasing power in the immediate short term? Right. It's a great question. It does. And it does pretty on a significant level. So, you know, our farmer producer growers, you know, they, they have operating costs. So everything from land to equipment to their crop input seed, fertilizer crop protection, you know, that, that costs money and all those costs have went up. And then you layer on top of that, that our ag producers rely upon lending and operating loans. They borrow money for their season and those costs run up significantly. So you think about, you know, what an operating line of credit looked like a couple of years ago versus what it is to now, um, you know, it's at prime or above, uh, which is, you know, in the 8% range. So that's significant cost, cost differences and, and significant interest expenses that they didn't have to deal with a couple of years ago to this degree. So a farmer who borrows $100,000 and today or for the season would have to pay $8,500 in interest expense right now for this season at eight, eight and a half percent prime. That that was up from thirty two hundred dollars, you know, just the year before. And farmers typically borrow a lot more than a hundred thousand dollars. So a half a million dollar operating loan, that is forty two thousand dollars in interest expense now versus sixteen thousand. So the difference between sixteen thousand and forty two thousand, that's the that's the difference where that's just additional operating costs and impacts on a grower's profitability. So there's that's a significant point. And then I guess in terms of your, your last question around trends impacting growers' ability to secure operating loans, you know, this, the trend is that rising interest rates is, is having an impact in making it more challenging on, on banks, um, as well as, as farmers to secure their financing and operating loans for that season. So I, you know, the, the good thing about agriculture though is it's definitely a, a big community. So it's not like other industries where lenders take off and, and, and are not, are not around, um, ag lenders hang in there. And, uh, so it's, it is more challenging, but there's still a, a lot of available credit and financing out there 
to be had. But it certainly does impact rates, costs, terms, things of that nature for, for an ag producer to secure those, those annual operating so then drilling down a little bit more specifically with respect to, you know, your company, John Deere Financial, I guess I'm curious how John Deere Financial has been. Uh, well, I, I guess John Deere Financial as a whole, it's probably a well-known brand, maybe one of the more trusted brands in, in, in agriculture. And certainly our, our lending arm of John Deere, John Deere Financial has been around for a long time. The product line that, that I'm associated with is is called we, we do a lot of agribusiness retail financing for crop inputs so seed crop protection fertilizer products within uh, a product we call multi-use account used to be called farm plan so we we've been in this business for a long time actually we're going to be celebrating 50 years of supporting farmers with this product line here next year in 2024 but we're Really, nothing has changed from our point. We're here. We've been here during good times and bad. We've been doing this for decades. We work with some of the top companies like like you, as well as major seed and crop protection manufacturers and, and crop life top 100 retailers and seed companies. So we actually provide a service where these companies, they have a goal to sell more product. They realize financing and paying for that product is a significant part of, of their value proposition. We're able to work with these companies and they can sponsor programs like low rates or 0% or 1.9 rates. And during times like the season we're, we're entering into, as well as the season we were just finishing up, those lower interest rates versus what a, a grower's prime rate um, really add significant value to our ag producers and allowing them to save money. For example, some of the programs that we have could, you know, just on a $100,000 Crop input purchase could save a grower today over $12,000 versus what type of lending or what their operating line of credit would give them at, at the bank. A 1.9% rate today is what actually saved that grower a little over $9,000 in interest expense for that season. And that's just with a $100,000 increment. So a lot of buy now, pay later. We have a, a program called Harvest Terms, which allows a grower to actually secure their seed right now or crop protection. And they won't have to pay for it until after next season's harvest. So, the, you know, hence the harvest term. So it'd be due in November, December of 2024. So we provide a lot of cash flow friendly, interest expense saving solutions that really fit that ag producer's season and business and allow them to, to farm and produce on their terms. And, and uh, we feel that's a good fit for them. Yeah, and, and and that's a great point. You're talking about you know meeting cash flow needs or you know pay after harvest, and I know we have some great options available through financing with Deer for again you know basically a December pay depending on you know when you come in and at what level you come in different terms. But that is a big help, I think, flexibility wise for growers who are trying to figure out their their cash flow. Curious about you know in this market that we're in now, are there things that growers can do or should be doing? You know, between talking to the bank, talking to their lender, whether it be gender financial, or otherwise, are there things that they should be looking at to help them kind of make sure they're getting the, the lowest interest rate possible, keeping their exposure kind of as low as possible for the coming season? You're right. It's a, it's a great question. Yeah, there, there's a number of things that they can do. Really, I think the first would be you know looking beyond their traditional operating loan or their local bank. Uh, and because there's a lot of options out there, third-party lenders like ourselves, we would fall in within that third-party lender group. There's a lot of companies like us 
um, that offer solutions that are fit that ag producers business model that are offering very competitive rates that are typically lower than what they can actually get their local bank. So I would say, you know, diversify your, your capital needs, look for other sources of lending. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, but there's a lot of programs out there. And, um, you know, actually you can actually go look at inputfinance.com, which is a site which uh, will allow that, that grower to go look at what programs are out there by the local retailer. David, as we're talking about growers trying to make their plans, you know, again, they may be deciding with interest rates where they are, you know, are they going to pull from an operating loan? Are they going to draw from some reserves or look at a full-on financing option? I guess, what are the considerations or, or how do they need to weigh those options as they're thinking about that? You know, there's a lot of schools of thought on this. There's, it's a great discussion to have. We, we get into it quite a bit. Always there's the analogy, well, cash is king, right? I have the cash, I should just pay cash. And, and we, we like to challenge that thought, especially in times like this, where we believe cash is, is not always the best solution to um, make your purchases with. If you can get, you know, preserve your cash, put your cash on the sidelines or put it to work with uh, a money market account or a CD, which are paying incredible rates right now. You know, we're, we're seeing short-term CD money as well as money markets in that three to five percent range. Um, you can get that quite a bit anywhere. That's that's a great return on your money. If you also preserving your cash for unexpected costs that might come up or opportunistic opportunities for your farming operations is always a good thing. But also when you can get into maybe paying for your seed or your crop protection this year at at like a one point nine percent interest rate, which you're offering. And that might be a better deal for you to take advantage of that, that financing where that's a lot better than your operating loan uh, at a bank, which could be, you know, 8%. So it's really just looking around the landscape and seeing what's the best fit for my operation, what's the best use of my capital, and, and, and really looking at those opportunities. We see a lot of growers who have been using this strategy around not just paying cash for everything, but really taking advantage of some of these attractive programs where they can get cheap money that will save them money over their operating loan. I think there's a lot of folks that say, well, I just pay cash, but they're actually paying, they're writing a check off their operating loan too. So um, really just looking around and doing the math. Um, and it's, it's easier than ever before. We've got a, we've got a calculator that a grower can go and kind of personalize their experience, which is inputfinancecalc.com. And they can actually enter in their, their purchases and select the program and interest rate and term, and they can actually see is this a, how much interest expense savings could I have here? And they can actually factor in a cash discount on top of that too to see is the cash discount a better deal versus the financing. So I think we just say there's a lot of scenarios and options. And in times like this with with CDs and money money market rates, as well as opportunistic stuff that's going on in agriculture might be best to really use their that cash for other purposes. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's really a simple matter of figuring out where's that money going to go to work for you better. You know, again, you've got that cash reserve, but but if you can make it work for you through other means, like you said, money market CDs, whatever. And if you can get available cash for, you know, in, in our case right now, we're looking at 1.9% financing. That might be a better deal to swing that and let your money go to work somewhere else, you know, so they've got options, right? Right. Yeah. That And that specific 1.9% offer for your your seed will save a grower over $9,000 in interest expense this season 
being using their operating loan. Hmm. So that's um, that's a clear value right there, no matter how you look. Yeah, great point. Thank you. So, David, as we're looking, we talked about this big shift that's happened over the last 18 months. And I guess from your perspective, I kind of kind of curious to know, you know, where do you see this going over the over now the next, you know, the balance of 2024? And maybe as we head toward 2025, where do you think these uh, interest rates are, are going to go? You know, it's interesting because, you know, today we're, we're sitting here mid-November. There was a CPI print this morning. And the the consumer price index, uh, which is an index for inflation, came in and it came in at or below expectations. So we've seen really this year a continued downward trend in terms of inflation. Inflation is coming down off a of 9% and it's in that 3% range right now. So that is a very positive sign. That is a, a positive sign that, you know, the inflation is coming down. That allows, that gives Typically, it gives the feds more comfort to not try to slow the economy down because it's naturally slowing down from the 11 plus interest rate hikes that have happened over the last, you know, 18 months. So the, the interest rate hikes and increases are doing their job. It, it appears naturally with slowing inflation. Supply chains are also running a lot smoother, which is helping with goods and services. So to answer your question, I would say that, you know, my opinion would be that we're kind of in this phase of let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what the economic data continues to say and tell us. And that's what the feds are doing each month. There is definitely don't see, you know, 11 rate hikes coming. We feel that's behind us and it appears to be doing its job. So I'm personally a bit optimistic that, you know, we're in this phase of in 2024 around rates probably holding with potential for easing at some point in 2025. So that's kind of our view. But again, a lot of things can impact that around the globe. This is not just a U.S. market thing. This is a a global thing. But yeah, I I would say that it's a great sign to see that inflation has been coming down. And but yet, you know, the economy is still keeping pace, which is a good thing. Good, good. We'll appreciate that. And, you know, I think as they say in, in, in your world, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. But but I appreciate you giving the, the feedback there. And it sounds like at least we've got some positive things that we can be looking at that maybe you're pointing toward a little bit of an easier road to hoe than maybe what we've seen over the last 12 months. So. So from a Stein standpoint, we have some information on our website about our financing options through John Deere Financial. But for growers who may be interested in learning more about John Deere Financial in general, are there any resources or anywhere you'd like to direct them to where they could learn more about the offering from John Deere Financial? Yeah, we a couple different sites I had mentioned, just basic information about John Deere Financial and agribusiness crop input finance solutions. You can go to mymultiuseaccount.com or Google John Deere Financial Crop Input Financing. We've got a, a great site called InputFinance.com where it allows you to look at that offers. And then there's InputFinanceCalc.com, which really gets into the, the dollars and cents and making it easy for ag producers to really see how much interest expense savings they can they can generate for themselves using this, this very simple, easy calculator. They can compare cash discounts to finance options. So, a really good resource that ag producers should really check out. 
Awesome. And as I said, we have a, a range of options available from Stein C Company through our partnership with John Deere Financial. And uh, certainly any of our sales reps can walk someone through the options that we have available. But anyway, David, pleasure having you on the podcast. I appreciate you being here and sharing some of your insights about this fast moving market and the latest financial trends and how it's going to impact growers purchasing power here this year and maybe for the for the next year to come. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. So well, that's our time for today. I'd like to thank our guests and our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield.